Brothers and sisters of the barbecue world, Cowboy Kev here welcoming you to another episode of Man Meat Barbecue with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is proudly sponsored by Fire and Smoke Barbecue. If you're looking for a new seasoning, head over to fireandsmokebbq.com. We ship nationwide or pick up a catering menu for those of you in the Chicago area. Also brought to you by Myron Mixon Smokers. If you're a caterer competition or just a backyard cooker, we have the smoker for you. Go check them out at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And now, here is your host, Mikey K. What's up, guys? So we are hanging out with two of the four Tri-City Pitmasters. Um, if you want to look them up on Instagram, it's Tri underscore City underscore Pitmasters. Um, they're cooking on some awesome stuff. I'm guessing they do some competition. They do some fun stuff, but we're going to find out. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show, hanging out with us. I know they have a YouTube channel, so you could probably check them out over there too, and I'll, I'm sure they'll give us the link. But uh, thanks for coming on the show. We can't wait to chat with you guys. Yeah, thanks, man. We're really excited to be on here. This is actually, uh, I believe, our second interview. The first interview we did was at an SCA competition at the BBQHQ over in uh, Simi Valley. So uh, we're just excited to be on here and, and, and talk about some barbecue. Sweet. So what got you guys into cooking? <clears throat> uh, hey, by the by the way, uh, that was John. I'm Freddie. So um, I I got into cooking. I don't know. I've always been into cooking. I'm I'm a person that is a foodie, like a lot of people, and uh, I just wanted to learn uh, how to cook different stuff. And then as I don't know, man, just come. Let me, let me, give me a minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I started off, I know, like, no. the first thing I ever, like, truly cooked on, it was, like, this old school char griller that my dad had got from Home Depot. It was, like, a two-zone charcoal grill. And actually, my older brother, who ended up joining the Tri-City Pitmasters uh, not too long ago, um, he was more into barbecuing than me. So I would kind of sit back, and on Saturdays, we'd have some friends over, you know, open up a, cold, a few cold beverages. And next thing you know, he's out there wheeling and dealing on this thing. And then it went from that to kind of it slowed down a little bit. My brother went to law school, moved out, kind of started his life with his wife now. And then um, a couple weeks after that, I, I kind of got hooked on watching Malcolm Reed. And no, wait, wait. You got to make the voice. You can't just say Malcolm, yeah, Malcolm Reed, right? So, <laughs> well, you, you, you watch this guy's YouTube videos and you're like, dude, this guy is just putting this stuff out there for free and he just wants people to love barbecue as much as him. I mean, so the is first, he though? Say that again? I mean, is he putting it out there for free? Yeah, you can go on his YouTube Oh, yeah, he, his YouTube channel is way big. And, and he, think, he's making money off of it. Don't, don't, you know, oh, don't yeah, get it twisted oh, yeah, on that. Well, I don't think he was making money right off the bat. No, uh, but I mean, just like anything, I mean, you have to you have to build it up, right? But yeah. I, mean, I, I love the guy. Don't get me wrong; he's a good he's a good guy. Um, I've done a lot of events with him. He's a great human. Uh, love him. He's been on the show before. Amazing barbecue cooker. But he's def I mean, he's definitely turned it into a business. He definitely has monetized it really nicely, and I I am very proud of him for that. Oh yeah, and he's I think I think the way he did it is he's very charismatic too, man. Like yeah, the way the way he talks and the way he expresses himself and no, he can't wait to try his own food. Like, it's, yeah, it's I'm great. not saying he does it for free. I'm just saying he puts all that information. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, he cooks out there for anybody to access, which is great for for people like us. We're you know we're starting out when we were really young. So, anyways, back to the story. Um, I, I'm watching his videos, and he did this this brisket taco recipe, 
and he did it with like this adobo dark beer braising liquid and i'm like dude i'm gonna try this out so jeff bailey another member of the tri-city pit masters has a pit barrel and i was like hey let me borrow your pit barrel let me try this thing out right and so i'm going through the recipe I got it nailed. I don't have a meat thermometer. I've never used a pit barrel. I'm looking up how you even light the charcoal in the bottom of this thing. Okay. I, I find a brisket at Stater Brothers. Little did I know they're going to overcharge you. It was $100 for this Packer brisket, okay, that was choice, which is super outrageous anyways. You can get them at Costco Prime for half the price. Or even at a butcher shop. Yeah, you even at a butcher price, shop, yeah. right, Freddie? So then, you know, I put this thing on and, you know, you know what they say. If, if you watch it cook, it's not going to cook at all. I couldn't walk away from the thing. I'm constantly opening the foil to check the internal temperature. Yeah, and I'm an old, yeah, old school probe. Anyways, by the end of the cook, the brisket came out dry. Great flavor. The tacos were okay if you had enough salsa and guacamole on it to kind of <laughs> add some juice to it, right? But ever since then, I was hooked. That was the first cook I did where I was like, you know what? This took me 12 hours. I loved every minute of it. And I was celebrating with my friends over some uh, – Terrible brisket tacos at the end of the day. You know what? And I think any anything that's terrible, you can just throw between a tortilla and throw guac on it, and it's good. And it has it's a like, you amazing. just make a taco yeah, out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I so, mean, it changes, right, once you make that taco. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's a taco. Who cares about the meat? It's a salsa. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's – uh, that's awesome, though. I, I, I think my first brisket was a total fail, too, dude. I didn't eat – I was trying to judge – by t- by uh, looks, and I didn't even know what a brisket had to look like, so it was totally undercooked, and yeah, well, it was dude, terrible. I, I think that's everyone's first brisket. Like, I always find it funny when I talk to people, and they're like, yeah, I made a brisket for the first time the other day, and I'm like, oh, cool, you know, you always ask, how'd it come out, right? And they're like, oh my god, it was phenomenal, and you're like, no, yeah, okay. no it wasn't. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. it wasn't. One of the most intimidating <laughs> cooks there are is a brisket. I think we, we just made... A couple, what was it, two weeks ago? Yeah. The, and it's probably my 10th brisket. And, dude, I think half of those have sucked. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like the most intimidating cook. You're walking through the grocery store. You're like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to spend 60 bucks and have this thing turn out like a hunk of shit. But, I mean, I mean, are we going to do this? Are we not going to do it? I don't know. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, but once you get it down and once you figure out your system yeah, on how yeah. to do it, they eventually start to come out pretty good. And as long as you document it, and, and that's the thing. You know, younger days when we were barbecuing earlier, we weren't really documenting stuff. It's like, all right, I'm just going to go ahead and try and do it this way. Yeah. And then it's either hit or miss. But once you document and you actually write things down and you keep track of, of, you know, what you're seasoning it with, what's the cook time, what's the variance in temperature, are you keeping the meat hydrated? I think those are all really important things that you develop along the road. So, yeah, I, I can't say that I hated cooking bad briskets because if, you know, you don't cook a bad brisket. You don't know how what a good one's going to taste like. So that's true, dude. Man, I can't. I can't even tell you how many briskets I've actually cooked. Uh, <laughs> um, usually not on my menu because they're usually like seventy bucks, dude. Yeah. Like eighty bucks. I don't. So I don't usually cook that. We normally have them on our menu. Uh, recently, we have taken them off because um, because of all the meat, sh- uh, all the all the meat supply bullshit. Because it's not a meat shortage. I can't call it that. Um, and we just, you know, it, 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 we had to take it off. I couldn't, I can't get, I can't, I can't see somebody paying $30 a pound. You know what I mean? Like, it just kills me to like charge that much for the brisket. But at the same time, 
when you're getting charged five ninety nine a pound, you're so you're at six dollars. By the time it's cooked, you're a little over twelve. Plus, you know, plus rub, plus wood, plus time. I mean, you're at thirty dollars a fucking pound. It's insane. Exactly. But it's crazy because people still buy it. You know, people people are still going to buy it at the, that price. But I mean, mm. sometimes briskets are, are just an addicting flavor. Last weekend, uh, I had like a little barbecue throwdown with some friends. Obviously, we were being socially distant, but one of our one of my buddies had picked up that that Yoder Weiss six forty S competition, and he just did a three okay. pound fat, and he had that thing dialed at two fifty. Never wrapped it; it stalled. So it took him about eight hours. Okay, and at the end of the day, though, you know what? I mean. There were there was a, two pork butts. There was a whole chicken. There were two tri tips. I ended up doing uh, beef ribs on the Weber Smoky Mountain. And I mean, at the end of the day, after you got the meat sweats going, right? It yep. didn't even matter. You you bite it. I bit into that brisket and that flavor. I mean, there's just something about brisket when it's tender and it's got that like banjo feel and it folds right over your fingertips. Ah, when it's done completely right. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. There's there's just something to say about good brisket. Though. Oh yeah, but thirty dollars a pound, man. That's woo, it. Woo. Better be fucking good brisket, right? Lights <laughs> out. Yeah, best brisket ever. Yeah. <clears throat> that's the hard part, man. Like, but that that that's kind of like the hard part for me. It's like, man, it's thirty dollars a pound. Yeah, that's that's a heavy fucking brisket price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it just is. Yeah. So what other what other stuff do you guys usually cook that? Uh, I mean, we do. So for the catering company, we do we do all the uh, all your basic barbecue meats. You know, we we do pulled chicken, we'll do pulled pork, uh, we'll do half chickens every once in a while. We do smoked wings, we do um, we do pork belly burn ends. It's kind of something we're kind of starting to become known for. Is our pork belly burn ends? People tend to love them. Uh, we do. We've just recently started doing smoked sausages. Do you guys? Uh, make your own sausage or do you we, guys have like brand so you like to go with we don't make our own sausage there's a sausage company actually in chicago that we get them from oh nice and they do a texas smoked sausage for us oh that sounds good so it's a fantastic it's, it's a fantastic sausage um but the thing is like we cook out of a commercial kit we cook out of a shared commercial kitchen so for mm -hmm. me to actually go and do sausage prep there it's just a huge pain in the ass um, and it's a too, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of work, and when you when I can go order it for the pennies on the dollar that it would actually cost me to make, like sometimes it's just a time saver. You know what I yeah. mean? Yep. And I, I I was gonna go say ahead. and I do get it. Like a lot of these guys that are making sausages, like homemade sausages, um, a lot of them are using their brisket trimmings, and a lot of them are using you know all that stuff that they that they're trimming off, but I just don't see, I don't see the value in it at this time for us to make our own. Yeah. And, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I was going to ask him what got you into, into wanting to cater or, or when did you decide that it was the right time? Um, it's a good question, right? Uh, so what we kind of, what I, I started doing is, you know, I was cooking for a bunch of people no matter what. Uh, I was doing this show, having fun with it, kind of getting to do do fun barbecue events, and I wanted to turn barbecue into full time. So I was like, "Man, what can we do?" So what we actually started was we started a 
we call it a barbecue company because we're not just a catering company. So we do pop-ups at breweries and places that don't have kitchens. Uh, we're in the middle of getting our trailer built, so we will have a vending trailer, which means we'll be able to do festivals. Um, we'll be able to do all that kind of fun stuff. And we're also going to use it as a – we're going to find a lot and just kind of throw it in there. You know what I mean? Throw a couple picnic tables up and just be open like Thursday through Saturday, three days a week. Here we go. You know what I mean at, at first. And then if it, it, it starts getting popular, if it starts building, maybe maybe we add Sunday or maybe we add Wednesday. You know what I mean? And just slowly, you know, just slowly build up. So how much time do you guys usually dedicate to that? Just curious. Uh, currently, it's my full-time job. Oh, wow. Nice. Okay. So... Okay. And, and, and is, that, is that currently due to the stay-at-home orders that we've had, or is it was no, it way before that? No, so I went full-time with our barbecue company um, last April. Oh. I, I quit my full-time job, and I went full-time with the barbecue company. What, what ended up happening was we started it, and I was still working my full-time job, and we started getting more and more pop-ups, and we started getting you know more and more pop-ups, more and more caterings, more and more... Um, events that we were starting to do and it was like oh okay cool so i gotta take thursday off to cook i gotta take friday off to cook you know what i mean like so now now it's cutting into that other job to where you're like let me see here i love doing this yep other thing i had was a job this barbecue is a hobby turning into possibly a new job yeah we have people that are enjoying the way i cook and that's the best feeling in the world yeah you know prepare something and you see someone take that first bite and you go shit that's what i want to do yeah I mean, yeah yeah well, i had a go ahead no i was gonna say well what, what the thing was it was kind of we were kind of at the point where it was like i either jump or it's never gonna go anywhere you know what i mean because we couldn't yeah. i couldn't take more time off and it, it was like okay i'm taking a lot of time off to do this so and about it because you know yeah, either we go full time and I go, you know, as you know, as hard as I possibly can, or you know, we don't, and then we just keep it as like one to two days a week. And I was like, screw it, let's go. Do you find it challenging to at times maintain that that same type of consistency, the the technicality of paying attention to the little details that go into barbecue? Do you still enjoy all those little things? And now that you're doing more of it, you do just like sit there and go, man, I, I'm in hog heaven right now. I mean, I'm, I'm able to do what I love for a living now. I'm doing catering Thursday through Saturday or Sunday and boom, yeah. boom, boom, and wheeling and dealing. You still enjoy all that? I love every minute of it. I loved every minute of it until about this shit happened that we had to do a stay-at-home order. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's been really killing the business side of it. it it's really killing us. Um we lost a lot of graduation parties. We lost uh, a couple weddings because people can't do them. You know what I mean? We lost yeah. we lost some um, we lost some corporate events. Oh, which which sucks. You know what I mean? It's like all these things. We lost all of our festivals for this year. All of our festivals canceled. Yeah. So it's like all this money that we should have been having coming in is not. So it's a little rough being like, damn it, 
I don't really have a, like, the last few weeks, I haven't really had, like, a real job. <laughs> and you don't want to yeah. call your old one and be like, hey, man, uh, <laughs> look, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know if you guys want me back or not, but, uh, hey, if you guys need any help, I'm here. Well, I mean, I, I worked in outside sales. Yeah. And I'm oh, still friends okay. with all those people, and they all got furloughed. So, uh, okay. <laughs> just kind of in that same, same boat. boat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just we've been doing so what we actually did we kind of we adapted a little bit to the to the time and what we started doing is we do once a week barbecue pickups so we 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 teamed up with um this ice cream shop that we're really good friends with and they have a barn and they don't they can't use the barn now because there's no indoor seating right so we teamed up with them they were like you can pop up in there and just have people pick up from you oh nice great idea and I was like, that works perfect. Let's do it. So um, I did I've that. More and more of that now, to be honest with you. So I kind of run our, our Instagram page and, and through, you know, reaching out to people and just kind of going through that search engine that Instagram does have. I see a lot of people doing that now. It's like drive-by pickup. You, put, you place your order with one person and then they're cruising around in their vehicles and boom, out the window they go. Yeah, we're doing we're doing we're doing okay with that. Um, this last week, I won't lie, it's been a little bit rough. Um, restaurants now are reopening to have outdoor seating around us, and so many people just want to go out that they're kind of not ordering from us right now. They just want to go outside and hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah they want the norm back. And unfortunately, yeah. like we don't, we can't offer that. You know what I mean? Because we don't have that. So we've been trying to do it. Um, I talked with um, a couple of the breweries. A couple of breweries have gotten back to me telling me that they're still not ready to have food pop-ups yet. Um, just because they're trying to get, you know, used to the new flow of their stuff, which sucks. Um, yeah. So we're just trying to figure it out. Yeah, well, you know what? We we had some pretty big plans for this upcoming summer, too. We were going we to host the first annual – Orange County SCA cookoff event here. We, we, we had it pretty well lined up. We were going to pair up with uh, the Woodshed. The Woodshed's a local gourmet cooking wood uh, little spot here that is pretty well known in the area. We, we decided to kind of pair with her and, and run the ideas by her, and she was on board. And uh, we, we were going to host this SCA steak cookoff at what's called Brewheim in, in, in Anaheim. It was a brewery. We were actually awesome. going to out in the back there and, and freddie will tell you a little bit more about that yeah so uh when we went and uh competed at the sc and sca competition in simi valley at the barbecue hq it was yeah. so fun man it was like it wasn't even a competition we had so much fun and and it was like people getting together to have a big barbecue yeah we had, uh so we ended up having having uh we placed second in the ancillary category which was tri-tip our steak uh we we kind of tanked the steak to be honest <laughs> we didn't come in last I had, but. <laughs> yeah just to say that but we had such a good time man that that's where like our hobby started yeah now it's kind of like this bug we caught yeah yeah so um after that i'm like well let's let's compete in another one and there were no local steak baja, right? we had to go to baja we had to go to baja which is the it was the um, I don't even know. Oh, a la parrilla fest, which is 
the steak cook-off in, in uh, Baja, California. Okay. Or we had to go up to, I think it was somewhere in Fresno. Yeah, I was like, no, no, so it was like, further than that. It was like an eight-hour drive for us. Uh, yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was bad. So I'm like, well, then let's just bring it over here. So then I started, I talked to the guys, and, and when I get an idea in my head, I'll do it with or without anybody and I'm like, if you're in, you're in, dude. If you're not, like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it anyway. Yeah, I'm going for they, it. And they ended up, you know, being like, okay, let's do it. Yeah, we all were on so, board too. We all, next thing you know, we're hitting up base hardware. Oh yeah, and- yeah. And we were, we we just started being mobile, dude. Uh, we ended up moving, and and I had this idea. Yeah, we paired up with uh, OC Woodshed because I knew she had a lot of connections. She's the biggest distributor distributor of cooking wood in in SoCal. So I'm like, she's got to have connections. So she uh, referred me to some other people, and and we were just we were looking to get donations and stuff. Still working on it till this uh, till this epidemic hit, and then and, we're all just frozen. and it's just it went to shit. Yeah. So now we're looking to postpone it till uh, it was supposed to be July 18th, which is a month from now. But now we're looking toward. I don't know, maybe November, December, somewhere around there. Yeah, and it just depends what what the, the the state will allow you to do in terms of being able to have that many people at yep. a certain venue preparing food. I mean, you can go on YouTube and check out some of these SCA events, and they're just they're just plopping those steaks right there on the table. But in California, you know the the restrictions on what how you can prepare and, and serve food. Yeah, it's got to be in a cryo bag package. But it was cool. We we reached out to a local meat market here. Their name is El Cortez Meat Market. They're in Norwalk, and they were going to actually donate all the ribeyes. So we had the ribeyes lined up. We had a venue lined up. We had an awesome partner that we partnered with. We had already reached out to the SCA. They gave us the green light to host the venue, uh, the the event, and then boom. You know what I mean? And and, and I think it's. It, it, it's curbing a lot of people. I mean, you mentioned things that were going on with you and in, in, in that catering business, and yeah, and and what's going on here is that you know it was something that we were all really looking excited to be you know there and, and get going, but you know it just is what it is, and, and and it's temporary. I mean, we live in a great country that'll get us back on track, hopefully sooner than later, and well, <laughs> you never know what could happen. We'll leave this <laughs> hobby and make it our business too. Yeah, you know so. We're just we're just being optimistic and, and hanging in there. We did do a virtual competition. Um, How was that? You know what? It it was okay. It was fun. It was fun. It was, fun. It was kind of like a spur of the moment thing, and and we we all kind of decided to cook on a couple different things. And and Freddie, talk about what you did, man. It was a pretty <laughs> sweet little cut of meat. So I I uh I went and got this freaking tomahawk, dude. It, it was I didn't know how much it was gonna be. It was a dry aged tomahawk from. 40 day dry age. And I just, I went in there and I'm like, yeah, I want that. You know, I want, I want a three, four inch steak. Just give me the whole bone. So I go up to the cash register, dude. And they're like, it's $120. I'm like, oh fuck, I can't back out now. (laughs) So I had to whip out my wallet and I was like, dude, I have to win. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I got this $120 steak. I'm going to fucking win. Well, came home. I uh, cooked it on a solo stove, so it's my bonfire. Okay. I, I just did a live fire, dude. I, I did some, uh, what was it, white lightning. Um, and, and it was just, I, I didn't care what it tasted like. 
you know, I didn't have to have a really winning combination and flavor. So it was what I what I liked. So, um, but the pictures we got, I think, were okay, man. Like you can see the steak and and the fire shining under the steak and stuff. And don't get me wrong, dude. The other guys had a freaking what was it? A whole a whole lamb. Yeah, this guy, this guy, a had a, this guy had a this guy had a twelve kilo goat. He had butterflied open. Yeah. He had strapped it to like a wooden truss and it was over like an open bonfire. <laughs> that had like veggies yeah, over it. Veggies and it was, like, you know what? It's like, I'm not going to win that. Who was, yeah. Who, how no. can you compete with that guy in the cave? That was my category. three pound. Yeah. But I think the online competition was really cool. It got you out there to cook. And for us, like the biggest thing is that we're really starting to experiment with flavors and we're starting to practice with different concepts, things that you hear and you go, holy smokes. And, you know, it was really cool for us to experiment that way. But in competitions like that, it's almost like who's got the best looking picture? Yeah. And, and if you don't have a really good camera, how are you, how is an iPhone going to be a freaking Nikon, whatever, a Sony mirrorless? Yeah, th there's no way. So it was a, it's about best picture, dude. And I, I don't think uh, best picture and good lighting. Yeah, exactly. Best, best picture, good lighting. Yeah, so I, I don't think we were. I should have invested 120 in a fucking camera instead of a <laughs> steak. <laughs> yeah, but it was cool though. That, and I think that's the biggest thing that you know. Now that we have so much of this downtime, it's a good opportunity for us to kind of practice and refine our skills. And eventually, like we would, you know, long term, you know, eventually we'd like to get into maybe a couple KCBS events. But I think we're still a little bit away from that. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're still trying to dial in what we like to cook on. What's the best product we can get from each cooker? And not only that, we're really starting to experiment with some different flavors and things like that. We do live in Southern California. So, I mean, there's a lot of different culinary influences oh, yeah. in this area. We got we got Asian cuisine, we got Spanish cuisine, we got Mexican, Mexican cuisine, yep. and, Italian, and so everything. we're just trying to try and you know take all those flavors and wrap it up into one unique thing that you know wherever we go, a judge is going to get that and go, wow, holy smokes! I mean, in the SCA event when we did the tri-tip, oh, dude, we did, uh, and people love it to this day. Yeah, no matter who we serve it for, they go, wow, this is mouthwatering. We do a we do a carne asada tri-tip, and so. That SCA event we went to, I mean, we were competing against guys that were, you know, had Wagyu tri-tip or Snake River Farm tri-tips. And, I mean, the marbling is phenomenal. They're walking around and they give you a piece of this tri-tip and it's buttery. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and it's going, like, how are oh, we? Of course, yeah. We're going to compete with this guy. And then, you know, the judges get down and they try this, this tri-tip and they go, holy, it's unique. It's different. It's something that they've probably never tasted before. And, you know. We got to credit Jeff Bailey with the recipe, but I mean, anytime we go and prepare it and serve it, people are knocked out by that recipe. Oh yeah, and and this is where the idea started from. It it's uh, so I, I was trying to think. I'm like, dude, uh, I was talking to to our one of our fellow pitmasters, Jeff Bailey, and I'm like, we have to go in there with something that the judges are going to get. You know, that we're going to throw them off because if you go in there, and it, most of the judges do, they get either teriyaki or salt and pepper. That's yeah. all the tasting, dude, all, all day. So I'm like, we got to throw them off. And, and, dude, let's do a carne asada one. It, it takes you to your fucking backyard. Sorry, am I am I okay to cuss? Oh, you can do whatever you want. Oh, okay, okay. All right, yeah, so it takes you to your backyard. Family like, show. Yep, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, let's just take them back, dude. So he ended up coming. He's our flavor man, dude. If there's anyone that can come up 
with a good freaking flavor. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's Jeff Bailey. Yeah. So okay. he came up with the recipe, dude. It is freaking out of this world, man. Like we, we went and served some tacos because, you know, you, you can't ruin tacos. And, and then adding this tri-tip. Dude, it's making my mouth water right now. It's freaking good. Yeah, see, I was lucky enough to have it this weekend. So when we did this barbecue throwdown, I'm talking about, you know, refining skills. It's a great opportunity to do it. And yeah. Freddie had come up with this dry rub. We call it our Brea Beef. Okay. And it's one of the cities that are in the Tri-City Pitmaster, right? We represent Placentia, Yorba Linda, and Brea. So the Brea Beef Rub is just something that Freddie kind of sat down with. He went online. He purchased a bunch of rubs. What's that website called that you got all the rubs from? Uh... All American Spice. Yeah. So he come up. He came up with this Brea beef, and so we have this award-winning, you know, carnius on a tri-tip. Let's try and get another one that we might be able to compete with that. You know, what I mean, two flavors that are dynamic and 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 really tasty that people are going to enjoy. So this last weekend we did this barbecue throwdown, and and we tried out the Brea beef, and we added in a little bit of this and a little bit of that to to kind of create this marinade. And uh, still, I mean. I'd say about 20 people tried it, and, and the, the, the carne asada tri-tip is still just blowing everybody away. They go, wow, that, that's the best tri-tip I've ever had. I don't mean to toot to oh, a horn, but dude, the, it is, the, it the is people have spoken. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They've spoken. <laughs> so it's, yeah. just fun. it's just fun for us to get together and, and dabble now, and I think that's a, a lot of what we've been doing recently. Which is great, though. Right? I mean, that's that's some of the best times to experiment and kind of – figure out what you want to do that's going to be, you know, you know, a, a new flavor profile or or something that you you've been wanting to try but didn't have time for, right? Exactly. Yeah. And right now a lot of people got a lot of extra time. The only bad thing is is you can't go work off all those ribs and try tip and chicken that we eat over the weekends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I mean the other hard thing is like food price cost is going through the roof. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I went. Factor. I went. I wanted to make some carne asada today, dude. And ranchera. We all know that flat meat has gone up so much, and it's it's due to the high demand, you know. And uh, I, I went to get it, and it's usually eight bucks. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna pay eight bucks. It's fine, dude. It's thirteen dollars a pound right now. Yeah, I'm like, what the heck, dude? Yeah, yeah I picked up a tri-tip. Uh... The other day it was seven ninety nine a pound. Usually you can get it on sale at Stairs. Yeah, like four bucks. Yeah, yeah, a little bit cheaper than that. But I mean, it's just the times that we live in right now. And it, I you mean, know. tri tip is is normally a little higher for us. I, I'm usually lucky if I can get. Excuse me, if I can get it at like eight ninety nine a pound, like that. That's a good deal for me. Wow, dude, it's not that common here. You it's know what? It, it's not common in a lot of places. We're pretty lucky to get that cut of meat here in uh, California. Yeah, I mean that. You, I mean, it's all started there, right? It it became became popular, and then it started moving over. Um, it, it's very difficult to find tri tip. Uh, I've said it on the show before. Um, some people don't they don't they don't carry it by its name. Some people will call it a ranch roast. Some people will call it a London broil. Um, you know, they'll call it all this stuff. But, uh, I, you know, I know the, I know the cut. I just look at it. I'm like, that's a fucking tri-tip. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, we get you. So, and I, I mean, I love tri-tips. I was actually pretty stoked the other day. Costco had tri-tips. Oh, 
that's actually not, that's not something they normally carry here. Oh, really? That's where uh, we can find our prime tri-tip, and and it's cheap too. We usually get uh, at Costco here. You can get two prime tri-tips, and they're freaking awesome for like twenty three, twenty four bucks. Awesome, because mm -hmm. we had uh, choice tri-tips at eleven dollars a pound. Woo! Oh my gosh! <laughs> and we're complaining over here. I for know, seven ninety nine. Damn, dude. Damn, that's where we so, were at. What's your favorite cut of meat to cook up? Oh man, that's such a great question. Tube I go, yeah, I go through. I go through my phases, man. Um, I always, I always fall back to beef ribs. Are like beef ribs are usually one of my favorite things to always cook. And I'm talking about the plate rib, full short rib. Um, it's one of my favorite things to cook. I, I love, I love cooking that. Um, I do like tri-tip is one of my favorite cuts to cook. Um, skirt steak's always really good. Uh, I mean, I don't mind cooking shoulders, but I mean, I've probably cooked so many goddamn pork shoulders in my life. It's not even funny. At and you know... Point. The shoulders is just kind of like set and forget it. Pretty much. I mean, you, you kind of it, – it's really not a – there's no technical thing in cooking a shoulder. Like I, can, I could probably cook a shoulder in my sleep now. Yeah. You know? Do you ever – do you ever brine your shoulders or anything before you prep them and, and, and no. throw them up? No. No. Okay. I do dry rub. I dry rub them. I put them on as cold as possible. Um, always bone in. Uh, I cook hot and fast. I cook at about 300, 325. Um, oh, wow. when I'm, when I'm doing it commercially, it's, it's hot and fast. It's four out four four to four and a half hours in smoke, take it out, foil, uh, into a foil pan wrap, put it back into the smoker till it's done. See, wow. And I'm a big believer of hot and fast, dude. Like I see no difference in low and slow and hot and fast. You know where you start to see the difference? Quickie, dude. I want to get in there, finish, and get out. You, you know? know where you really start to see the difference is when you start going to lower quality meat. When you start dropping into your choices or your selects, you're yeah. going to start to see a difference. There's just not enough fat in those meats to really go hot and fast. At least that's what I think. Yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. God, I love beef ribs. <laughs> oh, man, I love beef ribs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, uh, beef ribs, like I said, they're one of my favorite things to cook, man. They're brisket on a stick, and you don't have to cook the whole damn brisket. You know what I mean? Like, they come with a handle. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I, you know what? I'm sorry, we're having such a good time. Um, yeah, so, no, I, dude, I'm the biggest, like, they call me, over here, Jeff Bailey calls me the taco king or something, because I'll throw anything into a fucking taco. Like, I made these uh, beef ribs, and, and what we're, we've been trying to do is infuse this Mexican, these Mexican uh, recipes with it. Yeah. So, um... What what I was trying to do is this barbacoa beef rib. Okay. I ended up making that into a taco. Dude, 
Oh my gosh, it is the best freaking taco I've ever had. With the wahio sauce too, we did with the ribs. Oh wow. yeah, oh yeah, and then we did this. Uh, we did a rib this, off. Th- we did a, a rib off. We have a video on YouTube. Uh, Tri City Pitmasters uh, on YouTube. There you go. So um, we did this wahio. So it was a, a chile rojo baby back rib, and and it was mainly because we wanted to infuse that Mexican uh, that Mexican style dish, you know? Yeah. And it was great, dude. So I think – I just think that the people would love that. Like there's not a lot of people, Mexican people into barbecuing, like long smoking, you know? So that's what I, I want to try to do. I want to I target those people that, that don't really do it and I want to show them that it can be done with their dishes and they'll, and they'll love it, you know? Yeah. So uh, I, if, if any – if I would ever – cater if i would we if we were would ever do it i would want to push that mexican infusion you know that 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 mexican american barbecue kind yeah, of we thing. got like a couple good stores here too that, that provide us with the masa to where we can make traditional authentic homemade mexican tortilla. homemade tortillas like the, the type that you know grandma makes yeah and one day we sat down here and we we all picked up like eight racks of baby back ribs and we're experimenting with different, you know, Mexican recipes and, and your and, Polish girlfriend. Yeah. And my, my, my wife's over here kneading the, the tortillas together and putting them together and boom, frying them right there on the pan. And we like, we had Guaji or uh, Guajillo, uh, style baby back rib tacos. Who, who's ever had a baby back rib taco? Not many, not very many people, but thing is, is that tender meat. It's been braised in that liquid. You pull it out and, uh, it's unbelievable. And so those are just, you know, a couple of the things that we like to to experiment with and that we've tried to have been kind of coming up with that are new. New people yeah. not a lot of people have tried. And I think that that uniqueness or that that different style of cooking and influence will kind of set us apart from people when we start competing down the road. Now yeah. have you guys ever done uh we did it for we did it for a little bit. Um we did uh pulled beef tacos, but what we did is um Chuck roast? Yeah, I do, but I do a pepper stout beef. I call it a pepper stout beef. So what I do is uh, take the chuck roast, smoke it, right? Um, Poor man's brisket style? Kind of. But I, I take it out at like 180 right before it like breaks down completely, right? Or right before it starts to break down. And I put it into a foil pan and I heat up beer. Uh, preferably a stout if you can. Um, it doesn't have to be, but whatever uh, flavor you want to use, I, I like to heat it up so it doesn't hit the so it doesn't hit the um, beef super cold and you know get it get it create uh, make make it tense up right away. And I oh. take red peppers, yellow peppers, and um, sweet onions, and I Ooh. chop them up and I put them in put them in like almost like a bed. Put that on top of it. Pour the beer on top of it, wrap it with foil, and put it back in, put it back in the smoker till it temps two hundred three, two hundred four, and then I exactly. shred it inside of that. Ooh! And I leave it all you together. Sippy, uh, yeah. or what was it? Uh, so I, I did something super similar. We called it the Old Miss uh, Smoke Chuck Roast, and because okay. I smoked, I didn't take it to one eighty, but I took it to about one sixty five. And what I did is. I took a, uh, a jar of sliced pepperoncinis. I dumped it into a foil pan. I added a packet of dry ranch dressing, 
a packet of dry au jus, and then I hit it with uh, a stick of butter, a whole onion, a carrot, um, and uh, a couple potatoes. Okay. And put that chuck roast right into it, packaged it up, threw it right back. And I actually did it on a kettle using a slow and sear. And I took it to about 203, like you said, and I pulled it, shredded it. And, I mean, that thing was so phenomenal on a tortilla. I mean, I'm telling you, that pulled beef, it, it, similar to yours, what you're talking about, that pepper beef, I yeah. mean, it is so good. But yeah. even sometimes, too, like, I, I've, I've done chuck roast sometimes, and, and I've, I've, you know, probed it at 203, and when I'm probing, it ain't going through like butter. So sometimes I even take it to, like, 210 sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they got to go a little bit further. Yeah, you know, exactly. I want it to really start to get really tender, and I want that – that fat and connective tissue to really liquefy it and provide some tenderness to that beef. It, I, I think that too many people get stuck on the temperatures <clears throat> and they're like, Oh, I got to pull it at two Oh five or I got to pull it at two Oh three. It's the magic number. It's the magic number. Sometimes that piece of meat needs a little bit longer, man. Sometimes it just needs that time. And I agree with you 100%. And people get wrapped up on it. And they say, oh, it's at 203. I got to pull. Well, it didn't necessarily have to pull. That's Yeah. It's, it's just it's just kind of like a reading. It's like a marker. It's like a, a like you're driving down the road and you got mile marker 50, okay? You're just hitting that mile marker. And then the, the next is your own judgment. And, and that just comes with time and experience. Yeah. Time, experience. Also, you start to get that feel, right? You – I, I, I know I always say it like I, I after a while my probe is just a like my thermopen becomes a big toothpick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just an expensive toothpick at that point. Yeah. And it's just pushing you know, putting it in and being like, okay, I have a little bit of resistance, but it feels buttery. There we go. That that's exactly the feel I'm looking for. Pull it out, let it rest. Yep, exactly. How long do you let that pepper chuck roast rest for? Normally Usually. I like to go like an hour. Okay. But I've gone as little as like half an hour. Mm, okay. Because what I, I I feel like it still carries over in the cook, right? Yeah, it I agree. It still carries over a little bit, and as it rests, it lets the like it almost as the meats because it swells up and then it starts to relax, right? As it starts to relax, it pulls in that that stout. Ooh yeah. And pulls in the moisture and that flavor from the stout beer and it just works really really well i've done it with ipas also because ipas are heavy in flavor yeah so, they're, they're floral too you, we yeah. get that powery, yeah exactly I think that would beat the stout though was it better than the stout the ipa uh, you know i don't know if it was yeah because the the stouts are more like syrupy and stuff I exactly would think yeah I, I would but, think they'd be better on meat, you know? You know, we, we've teamed up with some breweries, like obviously we do. Um, so we did them there, and we used their beer. And we didn't always have stouts to pick from. So some of them were like, well, this is our heaviest you know, beer that we have right now because it's the summer. And we're like, okay, cool. We'll do that. And, it, and, and it's worked out perfectly fine. And it, it's kind of cool because you're able to feature their beer too. And, like, we'll throw it on the menu. We'll be like, you know, it was this IPA is in this food. And, yeah, they, and you people can tag, like that. That working relationship, too. They want to see you tag their beers. They get fired up over that. Well, I mean, it, people like it because then they're like, oh, shit. 
I want to try that with that beer. And they go and order it. You know what I mean? So you kind of push two birds with one stone in a sense. Yeah, that's what we're hopefully going to do with Bruheim. I mean, when we were going to host that steak event there and people are there, we were going to, we were going to have can, beer can chicken. Yeah. We were going to have beer can chicken be the, uh, <clears throat> that second category cook. And they were going to use, and they were going to have to use one of the beers from Bruheim. Yeah. The choice. Yeah. So, which is cool. Cause then it just, it had like, it pulls all this stuff together. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that's really cool. I, I, I like that idea. I like the idea of working together. Um, I enjoy teaming up with, with breweries and doing that kind of stuff. We've done some, uh, we've done some really fun, like, uh, basically like beer pairings. So we'll do like, we'll do sliders and we'll be, we'll pair them with beers. Ooh, you know awesome. what I mean? And that, that's always a lot of fun because then you start to, um, figure out like, okay, well, what. What beer does their pork does our pork belly you know team up with really really well? Like the way that we kind of do our pork belly burn ends is we we use our our brisket rub and our and our pork rub and we mix it together so you get a little bit of that like pork flavory that we that we're known for and then the brisket flavor to kind of give it that burnt end kind of fake feel because obviously it's not a brisket burn end it's not a real burn end so we're trying to kind of kind of give it that that little bit of a fake feel but still give that give give that palate something that that's interesting yeah yeah and where can where can we try your brisket rub uh so i own a company called fire and smoke barbecue it is fire and smoke bbq.com all of our rubs are sold there we sell three different we sell four different rubs we actually um so we sell our brisket rub which is it's a heavy pepper kind of central texas rub mm. um then we have our classic, which is it's more of an all seasoning or a season all versus a, a traditional like barbecue rub. It, it's your it's our take on, you know, your salt, pepper, garlic, you know, your SPG. Uh, we, we just it's our take on it. We, we added, you know, we added garlic to it just so it, or, or I'm sorry, we added onion powder to it so that it, it has a little bit de- more depth of a flavor. Love and onion. then. And then, uh, then we have our Windy City, which is our pork rub. It's our pork and chicken rub. You can also be used on fish. It's fantastic. It gives beautiful flavor. It gives beautiful color. That's one of the things that a lot of people love about it is it gives this beautiful, bright color. And there's no sugar in it. So you don't have to worry about it really caramelizing and burning. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people like that because they, they get that good color through the whole cook. They don't have to worry about it being a high sugar content, uh, but it still has sweetness. So people like that. And then one of our favorite, which is basically my baby, is um, it's our shiitake steak rub. Ooh. And what we did is uh, I take real shiitake mushrooms. We buy them from a farmer. We smoke them, and then we dehydrate them, and then we shred them, and then they go into the rub. Wow. We're going to have to... And how do we get a discount code for that one? <laughs> I'm just After 14 hours of cooking mushrooms, <laughs> that's the hardest part, man. That l- rub is a labor of love, but it's such an amazing rub. Like, I can't not make it. And yeah. that shiitake mushroom, man, 
not a lot of people know, but it freaking adds a lot of flavor to rubs, man. It kicks that, up that, that flavor hardcore. Added to that Brea beef rub that we made. Yeah. I had tasted it on the Slappio Daddy uh, Harry Sue's rub. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's good, man. It adds a really good flavor. So I can just imagine how good your rub is. So you got to think. And, and basically, for our shiitake, it, it's based around the shiitake mushroom. So it's based upon having the mushroom be be the star of the show. And it's I, I think it's so funny because tons of people look at it and they're like, I hate mushrooms. I go, we'll try it. Just so, try the rub. Because it's not – most people look at mushrooms and they don't like the texture of mushrooms, right? But yeah. once you smoke them and dehydrate them and then shred them, the texture is completely different. It's not a traditional – you know, it's so, not – So it's a, if it's a very coarse rub? Not super coarse. I would say almost medium. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's not yeah, super yeah. fine, but I wouldn't say like big – like when I think like coarse, I think like Montreal steak seasoning – yeah, yeah. And that's like that's way more coarse than this is. Oh, okay. okay. But you still get like the chunks of mushroom. And the oh, nice thing nice. is if you put it on like once you put it on that steak or you put it on that cut of meat that you're cooking it on, if there's any moisture on that meat and you let it sit for a second, those mushrooms basically kind of rehydrate themselves. Now, are you a New York guy or are you a ribeye guy when you're throwing down that um, shiitake steak seasoning? I'm a ribeye guy. You know, it's hard. It's hard not to be. Yeah, I'm more. Of a, I'm more of a Chuck. No, <laughs> I'm just. I'm more of a Chuck. I mean, you know, some people like that. You know, Although I, I, I read like to me, honestly, like I, I've said it to a lot of people, if, like, yes, ribeyes are great, but if I have a really good tri tip, I much rather have tri tip. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Like one hundred percent. There's something about that tri tip. That, like, you get that good crust on the outside, but yet you're still super juicy and tender in the middle. Man, dude, it's it's hard to beat. Really, really hard to beat. And that's why it's become so popular, too. Like, yeah. Trice kind of always been around <laughs> in California with the Santa Maria style oh, yeah. and, and, and that cut of beef and, and the cattle here. And it's spreading everywhere. Everyone's like, oh, Tritip. Where, where can I get Tritip? Yeah, kind of yeah. like we were mentioning it. Yeah, I mean, and the the thing that I like to do with my tri-tip is I actually like to, I reverse sear most of my tri-tips, so I'll smoke them till I hit about 120 degrees, and then I pull them, let them rest a little bit, let that cooker get super hot, and then sear it off, and I like to bring it to about like 133, 134. That's how you win a competition right there. And then I, you know, and then he, uh, you tap it over. And our carne asada recipe. (laughs) But you know what I mean? You, you, you let it, you let it hang out for a minute and boom, it's fantastic. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. You there? Yep. We got disconnected for a second, but we were right back out. We're good to go. Hello? Can you hear us? Give us a second. Connection reconnecting. So we're back guys. Skype decided to uh, hate us for a minute, but we're back. Um, we were, I believe we were talking about tri-tip. Yeah, the reverse sear. Best the, way to do it is how you win competitions. Yeah, dude, I, I just think because it's such a thick cut of meat, you need, you got to give it that time to really, really come up to temperature slowly. And, you know, 
the guys on the team really enjoy the reverse sear. Oh, yeah. And so when we were preparing for that SCA event, um, <clears throat> each one of us decided to do a tri-tip bar stale. And obviously, Jeff's carne asada recipe with the reverse sear was just lights out. We all love it. Unanimous winner. But to be honest with you, I do mine a little bit differently. I like to smoke low, and I'll smoke it probably 190, and I'll just let that meat really absorb it. And I'll only let it smoke for like two hours, depending on the size. If it's a pound and a half to two pounds, I'm going to smoke for an hour and a half, or it's three pounds or above, I'm going to go for two hours at least. And then what I'll do is I'll pull it, and I'll wrap it in foil and just put a half a cup of water. You don't have to put anything else. And I, and I really drown the meat so the seasonings will pool into that water. And I'll crank the heat and I'll get it to about 350 and I'll bake it and braise in that fluid for about 25 minutes and I'll pull and let it sit. And then I'll pull it out of that foil and slice it. And you talk about a tri-tip sandwich that will light you up. Woo, man. You know what? I slice it and I put it right back into that juice. I'll get a fresh piece of baguette, throw it on top of it with a little bit of garnish, either like a, a homemade salsa or I'll I'll boil or broil up some some uh, some veggies like some bell pepper and and squash and onion and mix that all together and some avocado oil and like some Cajun seasoning and I'll garnish it with that and eat that as a sandwich and it is lights out. But I mean, you're basically I'll, making an au jus. Yeah, exactly. It's it's braising an au jus. Yeah, yeah. See what what I like to do is try tips my favorite drunk meat. You know, like I just I just like how fast you can cook it. And you just slice it up, and as you're drinking, you just grab a slice of it. You just pick at it, you know. So what I what I do is uh, I'll 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 cook it at 300, and I'll I'll smoke it for a bit, and probably at for I'll smoke it like at 300, and uh, just to get it fast, you know. Take it to like 120, 125, and then I'll sear it. I'll I'll bring up the temp to the cooker like at I don't know four to four fifty. And okay. I'll sear it until it gets to like 135 to 140 and just let it sit for like 10 minutes. Oh, well, I've done 10 minutes and 30 is okay. 30 is <laughs> fine. But like I said, at that point, I'm, I'm pretty hammered. Uh, yeah, dude. I'm pretty hungry too. <laughs> I was going to say, at that point, is 30 and 10 minutes the same thing though? Exactly. Well, I, I don't know. If, it, if it's a day that I'm hammered. I'll be like, 10 minutes is perfectly fine, and then we'll just freaking eat it. But maybe in competition it does. Probably loosely foil, uh, loosely foil it. And, oh, no, no, no. I'm just talking about when you're hammered. I don't, not competition. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Does it really matter? No. No well, way. Sometimes, sometimes when you're hammered, though, you're like, it's been 30 minutes. And they're like, no, it's been 10. You're like, oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what I got a question. What yeah. do you usually do? What do you usually cook a lot of your stuff on? Are you a pellet guy? Are you a charcoal guy? I'm absolutely you... not a pellet guy. Absolutely not. Um, outdoor crockpots don't don't hang out in my life. Uh, so I actually cook commercially. We cook on a Myron Mix and H two O. And then in the backyard we have uh, we have two big green eggs. We have two Smoky Mountains, two WSMs. We have a PK grill. We have two Webers, and then we have a Weber Charcoal Summit. And then also I have the uh, Oklahoma Joe like Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have an Oklahoma Joe Barrel, too. Ooh, nice. So, nice, dude. You got the variety like us. You know, we all started kind of getting together and barbecuing. Yeah. You know, Freddie's, Freddie's the barbecue guy. I mean, the guy can open up his own, you know, wholesale barbecue 
shop if he wanted to and start wheeling and dealing. But we, when we first got together, I mean, you know, the guy's got two kettles. He's got the he's got the eighteen and the the twenty two yeah. uh, Smoky Mountains. He's got the Summit. He's got the egg. He's got the Komodo Joe and. And uh, he's about to get his hands back on his long lost love, which is his Yoder Cheyenne. So, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have them all here. But that's the fun about barbecuing. I, yeah. I mean, there's so many different things that you can cook on that add that extra little bit of excitement. I mean, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't mind. I, I like pellets sometimes too. I mean, I, I got a Traeger, and, and the uh, the Traeger, you know, is a rib machine. <clears throat> I, I'm not gonna lie, some of the not best rib. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I think the best brisket I've ever made was on a Green Mountain Grill. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I think that was the best brisket I've ever made. Well, it's consistent. It holds temp more consistent sometimes than charcoal, unless you're cooking like I, well, an egg or a summit, because those hold Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and actually, the Weber Smoky Mountain holds temp really. It does. The Weber Smoky Mountain oh. holds temp really, really oh. nicely. Yeah, and well, if you're going for competition, you will want to add that. You know the DigiQ or the or the or the signals with the billows from yeah. Thermal. You if if it's for competition because the Weber Smoky Mountains when they freaking drop, dude, it sucks. Oh, it I know. Fucking sucks. So, so we were doing problem. Uh, funny story about when they dropped, right? So we were doing um, Camp Brisket for Weber, right? I was part of that. Uh, it's now almost two years ago. And, uh, cause this year's got canceled, but, um, so we were doing camp brisket, right? And we get all our, all our stuff on, we get all our, you know, every, all the, all the class people are like, okay, we're going to go home. We'll see you guys at seven. And they're like, what time do you guys get here? And me and Harry Sue look at each other and we're like, well, we'll be here at like 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we'll be back at four wrapping our briskets. And I'm like, I'll be, you know, whatever. I think I was like going to be there at 3.34. Well, I get back there and I look and Dustin's pit, like I walk by it and it's barely smoking. There's, and I'm like, oh, that's, you know, great, whatever. But then I look at the dial. It's sitting at 180. <laughs> wow. But I mean, like I'm touching, I'm like I, my hand is on the top of this cooker for like a good minute. And we all know that these things are not insulated. No, no, no. I should not be able to put my hand on top for that long. And I'm like, I take my hand off. I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, there, there's something wrong. Something's wrong. You know what I mean? So I'm looking into his pit. The fire's pretty much out. You know what? It's tough to get those restarted again. Oh, yeah. Man, dude, we worked on it, worked on it for like an hour. We finally dumped all the charcoal and put in new charcoal and relit it, and then we were perfectly fine. So this last weekend, I've never cooked on a Smoky Mountain. I mean, Freddie's got them, and so I used one of his, this this last little barbecue throwdown we did this last weekend, and I did the beef ribs on there. And I'd, I'd set up a pretty nice amount of charcoal. And I used red oak when I smoked them. Um, and I lit about a half chimney full of lump. And I just poured it right over the top. And I got about six to seven beers in that drip pan because I want some moisture in there while they're smoking. Yep. And I 
fought to get that thing up. I mean, I might have. I, I, I mean, think of back. I should have let him take a little bit more. And, and if anything, you want it hotter, and you can control the drop of the temperature and then dial it in. Well, I was fighting from the ground up, trying to get it above 200 to at least in between 250 and 275 for those deep ribs. But the thing was, is you know, it took me about 30 to 45 minutes to get it to 250. And once I got it dialed there, I it never stayed. touched it. It yeah. stayed. No, they'll stay once they're dialed. The hard thing was what ended up happening when we figured it out is we were doing it at the Weber restaurant and the way the Weber restaurant gets their charcoal is it's actually on um, refrigerated trucks because Cisco brings it in. Mm. So there was some moisture inside of the inside of the bag. So the, the briquettes were actually moist. They were wet and we didn't realize oh, that. Shit. So basically they were just going out. They were just smoldering and right. going out. Because they weren't yeah. dry enough, and there wasn't a big enough fire to keep, you know, to dry as it burned. So when we we got another bag and and put another bag in it, it was completely perfectly fine. But it was just it was just that one bag just ended. It just had a bunch of moisture in it. Yeah, you know, but I will say this: Weber briquettes. Oh yeah, those are those are. I think, in my opinion, the best briquettes. I I, I love them, dude. Yeah. I, I love them, and actually, uh, Jealous Devil. Did come up. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know. I'm not gonna. I have to be honest. Jealous Devil did come up with this briquette that that the come out. This that's, that's yeah. freaking good. They're large. Yeah, no, they're fantastic, and, oh, dude. Dude, they and and don't get me wrong. Weber's briquettes by far the best, but but these are gonna compete with them, man. Oh no, dude, they're fantastic. Smash. There's the the. Jealous Devil briquettes are fantastic. If you use uh, promo code MMB Barbecue, uh, you can get a discount at checkout um, from <laughs> from yeah, the uh, lovely people at Jealous Devil. Um, I actually you used you could have used Tri City uh, yeah, a couple yeah. weeks ago, but <laughs> or, now you know, Fogo's got us now. Ooh, ouch! Where did we go? Uh, <laughs> but, dude, I, I like my Jealous Devil. I think it burns clean. It burns hot. It burns really nice. I like it. Oh, we did too. Yeah. Oh, dude, I loved it. And, and you know what? The, the only problem with that charcoal is going to be, and, and I get it, not all the people can get that charcoal, but it, it's expensive, dude. It, it's it really expensive. It's, it's a little for expensive. 10, for 10 pounds, they're charging $15. If you want, you know, both bags, which that's how they sell it, $31 plus shipping. And even with that 10% off, yeah. it's going to be $30. It's so still, it's still a hefty, hefty it's price. It's yeah, pricey. it's pricey. Is but it good? Nice, Fantastic. Yes, it's great. I think you also use less though. You do. I cooked the whole brisket with less than a bag, dude. It was less than ten pounds of bri of of those briquettes using the slowens here, twenty six inch kettle, which freaking leaks so much. I used less than a bag of that charcoal, dude. It, it's amazing charcoal. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <clears throat> I actually I also like their um their their kind of faux wood, their wood logs. Um I use oh, those yeah, blocks. The blocks yeah, they the run blocks. Dude, so I use them I use them for one reason. I use them in the I use them in the uh stick burner and I just use them to start my fire. I take one, I put it in there, I put logs around it, I start that, get it going, and then I go do my meat prep. Uh, that's not a bad idea. We didn't try that with the Oklahoma Joe. Yeah, when we did the Oklahoma Joe, I, I, I uh, 
I was just, you know, looking at different methods on YouTube on the way people use it. And a lot of times people will throw that, you know, a lot of that loose lit, you know, lump charcoal yeah. to the back side of the fire pot. You put your log on it there and then you'll put a log at the front. So that way, you know, as that sticks burning, that, that log you got at the front of your fire pit isn't necessarily catching on fire, but it's, it's, it's just coming dry up. and it's heating up. Yeah, exactly. So when you put it on the pit, it's, it'll, it'll combust quicker and you're not going to get a lot of white smoke. You'll get yep. a lot of more true blue. So we used to, I, I lit a, I lit a probably about a chimney and a half of jealous devil. And then I threw a blocks fire log on there yeah. and then I put another fire log at the front. Well, what happened is that those things burned so hot. <laughs> it lit it. It lit it. Yeah. And I'm looking out there. And I'm prepping up these these ribs. I'm I'm, I'm trimming these uh, the, these spare ribs into St. Louis. And all of a sudden, I go, shit, man, that thing's smoking like a mofo outside. So I, I run out there, and the temperature dial on on the Oklahoma Joe is kicked all the way over to like 700 degrees. And I'm going, shit. I mean, I'm surprised it gets to 700 degrees. <laughs> so I had to pull that log out of there, and I just ended up throwing it into like a little kettle and, and closing the lid on it, and we were able to manage the temp, but. Those things, when they get going, they burn so hot. Yeah, I know. That's what I love about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it gets my it gets my wood going, um, and it it lasts a while, into the sense that I'm I just kind of have a good good heat source kind of coming through, and then I'm getting the good wood. You know, I'm getting my good my good smoke flavor out of my out of my out of my splits, and I tend to use smaller splits so I can have more control, and. It just it works out really really well for me. What size yeah. splits do you use? I like to use about like three and a half inch splits. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I you know what I use those fire blocks on a Santa Maria. They I were awesome. Working dude. really well. Oh, they were awesome. Those they since they run really hot, that's what you need for a Santa Maria. And yeah, and they they did the job. Yeah. <clears throat> good oxygen let it go and let them burn oh yeah oh yeah uh, i still have some left they were uh were they the only place you could get them was amazon i think yeah so, amazon. Uh, i know you can get them on their website too oh can you now because yeah. i think a couple weeks ago you can yeah I yeah i believe uh, you can i don't I, i'm not sure i haven't ordered in a while so don't don't quote me on it uh yeah i am well, if you need some FOGO, let us know. Yeah, let us know if you want FOGO. We'll, we'll give you, you know. a discount code. <laughs> I'll just call Sebastian. I'll cut out the man. Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, um, so uh, what do you think about FOGO and, and Jealous Devil? Let's, let's, let's hear about that. I, th Compare I think Royal, I think Oak, Royal Oak to Jealous Devil and uh, FOGO. What, what, what I don't do you think Royal Oak are? even is in the battle of that. I don't even think they're even close to. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They're not even close. People, that that's like to go every weekend and barbecue. Yeah, I mean, that, you, you can go to Walmart and pick up a bag of Royal Oak yeah, for like ten easier, bucks. Easier, easier sure. access. You have sure, people, easier access. I I totally agree with you. I probably go. I go through about five to six bags of Jealous Devil a month. Is that the thirty-five pound bag? Yep. Wow. Wow. I cook a lot. I, uh, Oh, yeah. That, that 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 blows my mind right there. <laughs> yeah. I go, shit, man, you're using a lot of fuel. You oh, better get like a 25% discount on your <laughs> But see, oh. the thing is, I, I cook on so many different I, – I have so many different cookers in the backyard, and yeah. I cook on all of them. Yeah, yeah. 
I can so, see that. Like, the problem is I go through like a bag just loading them all up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Tiger, Tiger must love you. You know, Tiger does love me. Um, she loved me. <laughs> I love Tiger's a great person. She's a fantastic human. She, we we do a lot of cool stuff together. Um, I am uh, I'm happy to be a part of the Jealous Devil team. So um, I get I get I get to uh, play play with some charcoal, and um, it it really does like it really. I, I think it really does give a cleaner smoke. Um, I think Fogo gives a great job. Does a great job too. I think those two right now are the two premier charcoals. See, and let me give you let, let me give my two cents. So I've I've cooked a lot. I've been cooking for a long time, and and I've used from Kingsford. That's probably the worst charcoal out there, in my opinion. Uh, use Jealous Devil, Royal Oak, and and then Fogo now. I'm gonna be honest, Jealous Devil. Yes, it was the cleanest charcoal you can you can cook with. It smoked the least, and and it, it cooked it cooked hot too. It was it was good, you know, no sparks. Fogo, I think to me, lights faster. Sure, it, it's not as clean as Jealous Devil. It's got a good aroma. It does have a better aroma. Um, now this is comparing the soup. This is comparing the premium charcoal. Yeah. Because you want to get into there is no argument between long smokes and the super premium between Fogo and Jealous Devil. Uh, Fogo super premium is built for long smokes, which would totally smoke Jealous Devil's normal uh, lump charcoal. Um, this is comparing the premium to the Jealous Devil uh, lump. Yeah. If I had to choose one from the other, and and I you know. I hope I hope Sebastian and Alberto and Roberto aren't listening, but I'd have to give it to 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 Jealous Devil. Super premium long smokes compared to Jealous Devil. I think Fogo's got the upper hand. I think, but yeah, I think it's if I'm running out of money, you bet your ass I'd go buy some Royal Oak. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. I mean, Royal Oak isn't a bad charcoal. It's just not. They're mass produced. Oh yeah, Komodo oh, Joe. Yeah. Komodo Joe just put out some love. They're made by Royal. Uh, no, is made by Royal. Big Green Egg is is made by Royal Oak. Oak. Is, is Royal Oak. Um, Weber is made by Royal, Royal Oak too. The briquettes. Correct. Real, okay. Komodo Joe is now putting out a bag, uh, like a thirty blocks. The big blocks. I, I'm not. They're huge pieces of love. I don't know it, who's making it for them yet, but somebody is. Somebody is making it for them. And it's it's not cheap. And I got a buddy that just bought a master build, and yeah. he's running that Komodo Joe, and it's giant lump through this thing. Really? And I'm looking it up, and I'm going, I don't know where he found it. I haven't really heard of Komodo Joe charcoal. Yeah. So then I started doing some research Lose, on it, it, and they're putting the battle for that lump is between okay. Jealous Devil now and the Komodo Joe from these reviews I'm reading. It's going Komodo Joe, Jealous Devil, and then Fogo. I'm serious. Hey, you and, can't know. And, and, and I think that here's the thing to it. It's, it's hard to read reviews. You got to read like 10 or 15 of them from the websites that put them out because sometimes these people pay these reviewers. Oh, yeah, Sebastian. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm just curious to where, where, where they're where they're or who's making this charcoal for them because they're getting a lot of really good reviews. Because Blue Zog has good charcoal too, but it's made by Royal Oak. 
Damn. Blues Hog does, Blues Hog oh. takes takes a takes an upper deck on it, right? And oh yeah. And um, you also have people like um, uh, Rockwood. Rockwood has a small yeah. is a, is a small way way smaller of a person yeah, down, down cool. in there. Yeah, and and all those you can actually get. I think Ace has. Yeah, and has then B and B has some good. B and B also. If I had to really pick a, a affordable, everywhere, every store purchasing charcoal, I, I'd go B and B. B and B, I hear good I, about You know too. what? I, I was I was trying to work with B and B to to affiliate with them, and uh, I we can't say we've used B and B. I've never used B and B. I've heard lots of good things. The last SCA competition, I know B and B's a lot a of big, people were using the briquettes at the oh, SCA. Oh yeah, and, and I know B and B and SCA work together a lot. So that's why I kind of wanted to work with them, but yeah. it it didn't didn't end up working out. B &B, and all we B &B weren't asking good for much. I've I've heard. Yeah, we weren't asking for much. We were just trying to purchase a pallet of charcoal a month, dude. And no one takes us. Yeah. Like yeah. we're like, give here's our money, take it. We need a pallet of charcoal, and no one would take us. Yeah, but You're not talking to the right people, bro. Yeah, I I guess I'm talking well, he to was you now. Fogo, yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't Fogo. None of the companies were like were as as affordable as Fogo was for us. Like they they did end up working. Care of us pretty good. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I I do I am thankful for that. I I would have loved to work with BMB because I we, I was excited to try out their charcoal because. Uh, I heard a lot of good things from them. Yeah, no, I've, I've used their charcoal. I used to use their charcoal before I started using Strictly Jealous Double. And um, it, it, it it's good charcoal. I'm not going to knock it. it. It's good. It's good charcoal. Well, good, the good thing is Tiger said the doors are always open. So, I don't know, you're I, convincing me now. Tiger's a great, <laughs> great, great person. She really is. Um, I look forward to her emails every month. Yeah, every she's a... I know they they got busy and they they were backordered a lot earlier this month. They still are. They still are. I guess yeah. uh, Patty Woodshed, she's a distributor of theirs. Uh, last week when I talked to her, she's like, "Yeah, no, they're six. They're like six weeks away from shipping." Yeah, Sorry. it's just it. It. I don't know what it what what ended up happening. I think it's just it, it, importing just kind of got messed up with all this shit going on. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wonder how uh, how Fogo's been doing it then. You know, they may have had a bigger stock in the U.S. sitting in, in warehouses. You know what I mean? It got to us, and like, I'm not kidding. It, it took like two to three days, dude. It wasn't it wasn't long. He might just have a bigger stock sitting in the U.S. right now. Yeah, yeah, and their distribution distribution centers. Yeah, where I think, if I'm not wrong, I think. Um, Jealous Devils warehouses are not in the U.S. Because their uh, charcoal's not made in the U.S. Their charcoal's made. Charging, they were charging a lot more freight charge than yeah. otherwise Fogo. expensive. Yeah, so that's why it was it was double. Where's it made at? Um, yeah. It's made down in South America. I can't remember what. Um, so they're burning down the Amazon. You're telling me? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, where do you think Fogo's made, son? <laughs> no, 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 no. They're, they're, they grow their own trees and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure they do. <laughs> yeah, so uh, changing the subject, uh, how about how about thermometers, dude? What 
what InstaRead thermometer are you are There's you using? One. There is, and I, I think we can both agree on it without even the without even, the only Thermopen oh, Mark IV is the only InstaRead thermometer oh, yeah. you've ever purchased. You know what, dude? I slept with mine the first day without even using it. My wife's like, dude, you're a freaking weirdo. I slept with mine because I bought the little uh, silicone. I own about like, <laughs> I think I own four or five of them. Dude, uh, I, I, no, I only got one and then I, uh, I ended up ordering, <laughs> what for? <laughs> I have Doman over here, John. <laughs> like, what for? <laughs> $400 worth of thermometer right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but you got to think, like, we keep, we keep one with our our traveling stuff. We keep I keep one in my uh, in my class kit. I keep one at home. Uh, I keep one at the kitchen all the time. So it's just it, it just I, I it's a lot easier to not move them. You know what I mean? Because then you forget and, it. Yeah, yeah, and then you lose it. Yeah, you know what? And and I think if people can't seem to get their hands on that and that uh that pen the thermopen dude the the thermopop is just as good oh yeah absolutely the thermopop is just yeah. as good and the i would just thermopop. it's literally just the speed For, what, and how much is it? like 30 bucks? i don't know i think it's 40 bucks, bucks and then they time yeah i think it's like 30 yeah dude bucks. so I, I i agree with you 100 percent. yeah they're on sale all the time for i think 29 just fucking buy one yeah. That'll be the last thermometer you ever have to buy. You know what I mean? We were doing we were doing demos for um, a grill company, and I won't say what the name of it. Um, and we they make their own thermometers, and so we had to have their thermometers. Like we were like basically playing with them, and then like when people would turn around, we were pulling out our thermopens and like sticking them in. Because <laughs> we're like we don't trust these fucking thermometers. There's no way we're going off of them. <laughs> and once you have one, that's it. I mean, you're gonna yeah. trust that. Maybe you're a true read, no matter what. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, see, and and I don't know. Do you have a code? Do you have a code you're gonna throw at us? I don't. Oh, dude, I, don't I was I was hoping you did. Yeah, no, I don't. Um, get a code from that. I don't. Yeah. If, if you if you if you hit up learning to smoke on Instagram, I'm sure he has one. He's got about a million of them. He's down the street from them. So. Um, I I know Matt from Meat Church. Meat Church. He ended up giving me, he gave me one, and that's how I got mine a while back. Yeah, Matt's a good dude. He's a really yeah, good dude. Yeah, dude. And I know he's working with Yeti now and doing their everybody. freaking thing. What are you talking about? Matt Pittman's like, he's the big boy on the block now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. But uh, I think John's got to get himself uh, one of these. Uh, Thermopens. You do, man. Don't don't even think about it. Just get it. Just put your credit card number in. Don't think about it. And it, I, I, dude, I guarantee anybody that does will love it. I, I love mine. I got bought the little. Dude, you'll start you'll start using it, and then it'll just be you'll be like, okay, I understand why I spent the money. Like I have the, um, I have the, um, the the double one where it has the. Uh, Oh, the the infrared infrared and, uh, reading, and I just got that one just because I wanted it. <laughs> you know what I've been wanting? Uh, I don't have an infrared thermometer, dude. And we compete doing steak cookoffs, and Still that's get a one. Cheap one. Don't get don't get the uh, don't get the double one. The double one's kind of hard to control to control where you're where you're hitting it at because it doesn't have a laser on it, so it doesn't have a pointer. 
Oh, okay. You get what I'm okay. saying? Get one with a pointer, like, so you know, like, exactly where you're hitting. That's the way to go. Did we lose them in connection again, guys? Give us one second. All right. So, so wait, wait, wait. Before we go back on, what do you? So, with that last interruption, we'll wrap this. We'll wrap this podcast up. Make make life easy. So, I have this question. This is how we like to wrap our podcasts up. If you guys could go back to the beg- to the first time you cooked, knowing what you know now, what are three tips you would give yourself to help shorten your learning barbecue curve? Shorten my okay yeah okay yeah. all right I need to I need to have an instrument thermometer that's one dude like thermometer because I didn't have one till probably I could say two years ago and I've been cooking for almost I don't know ten years um, instrument thermometer and then just surrounding surrounding myself with with people that enjoy barbecuing as much as as I do because. Before, I'm not kidding. I would I would barbecue alone, and it was it was good because I was the only one judging it. But there was no one else to learn from, you know. And and I didn't start watching YouTube till probably I don't know what was it a few years five six years ago it got big. Yeah. So there was no one to learn from. So I I, I wish I would have surrounded myself with people that. Knew how to barbecue and 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 had that knowledge beforehand, and then uh, probably I, I would have stopped myself from buy, from buying so many grills because <laughs> that like dude I cooked him on one barbecue one week, and then I'm like dude I need this other one the next week and it's like I bought it and didn't fully learn how to cook on this past one so it kind of it kind of prolonged the, the my on how. I learned how to use the – it took me longer to learn how to use a cooker because I had them all at once, and, and I didn't even know how to use them yet. So I, I think those three things uh, – but, but by far, number one is, is an insulin thermometer. Like we just I, – I yeah, and, that, and that's mine. I'm, I'm going to – that was Freddie from Tri-City Pitmasters. Here's John. All right. I would say three things. First one – I would say is don't wait so long to, you know, really invest in a barbecue. I think that if you're going to start barbecuing, each person should at least start with charcoal grill and a pellet grill and and kind of branch out from there, see what direction you want to go in. Um, the second thing I'd say is to really just be patient with the cook. Um, I think that sometimes when you cook for people – and you're having people over, sometimes the cook might not go your way depending on how long it is, and then you're going to try and rush that process, and then you're going to be a little bit unsatisfied with the final product. I think that sometimes, you know, early on when I was barbecuing, I was just trying to rush and get things done and and put it out there for people to eat rather than take my time. Um, And number three, I would say, you know, meat thermometer is a big one. There was a long time where I didn't cook with a meat thermometer, but I think the, the, the other part is to really enjoy the cook. Don't just sit there and stare at it. And I think there was a long time when I was first starting out barbecuing, I was so nervous because, you know, you're putting this food out there for people to eat. You want it to taste good. But at the same time, you're, you're just sitting there staring at it, you know, 
hope and wait and wish. And, and, and I think the biggest thing is that I, I should have enjoyed the whole process a lot more when I was starting out. So don't rush the cook. Enjoy the cook. And uh, have, have some variety. Go with charcoal and pellet when you're starting out. Yeah, that's totally. I accept the pellet. I can't I can't back it. <laughs> I you know, I I love charcoal, dude. I can't I have a pellet grill because in my head I have to have one of every kind. And um right now I, I I in my head I want a bigger a bigger offset smoker. So uh I, I've been trying to get my hands on that. It's not in the budget right now because all the cuts and stuff uh, we've been going through, but one day we'll have a bigger Tri City Pitmasters. will have a bigger offset. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and we'll go. We'll we'll learn from there. <clears throat> yeah, but thank you, man. Thank you for your time. I know we spent a lot. Of, what was it? A couple hours with you, and it's been fun, man. Yeah, it was yeah. really neat to, to sit down and talk barbecue with with, with you over the uh, the air like this. this. is pretty sweet. Over the interwebs, it's fun. Yeah. Over the interwebs. Into the interwebs. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. If you can do me one last favor, can you please tell everyone where they can follow your barbecue journey? Tri-City Pitmaster on uh, Instagram. And Tri-City Pitmasters on YouTube. It's fun content. And thank you, Man Meat Barbecue, for having us. It was really fun. And uh, I know I enjoyed, I enjoyed a few brews while we were talking barbecue. So did I. <laughs> nice, dude. Yeah, definitely. We, we started giggling there a couple times. We, we just want to thank you again, man, for... For taking the time to, to sit down and talk with us, it's always it's always a fun time. And again, Instagram Tri City Pitmasters will try underscore Tri City or try underscore City underscore Pitmasters, and then subscribe to us on YouTube, guys. Thank you, appreciate it. Sounds good, thank guys. Thank you so much, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you, All right, man. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.